Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Dan Roth. Amen, amen. Well, today, get your Bibles out and go with me, if you will, to the book of Acts. And while you're turning to the book of Acts, I want you guys to check out the overhead screens. Hey, if you're watching online, watch the screen right now. Mm-hmm. And the wife going. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, say it again. Talking to me? Mac yourself a pro slick. Great matter of fact, lot performers down. I take TCP and Mac. Wait, who's that? I'll be darned. That's, that's really garbage gear, yeah? What you uh, what you reading there? You know, I'm just trying this whole Christian thing, and it's all Greek to me. Oh, that's actually because that's a Greek Bible. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to get the purest form of the word. Oh well, then since starting out, how about the NKJV, NIV, ESV? Okay, wait, wait. Now you're really speaking Greek. Sorry to me. about that. Just translations are the best one. Uh, what are you trying to read about? Hopefully not the Nephilim, right? <laughs> the Nepha who? <laughs> it's okay. It's just a joke. Uh, what are you trying to read about? I'm just trying to know what happened to the disciples when Jesus ascended into heaven. Oh, okay, that's in the book of Acts. So, uh, here, let me, wait, actually, let's do it in English here. Uh, so, Acts, okay, so, oh, here it is. Okay, so the disciples are waiting, Jesus died and came back, and they're waiting for the gift to be given to them. So they were just going The to, baptism. Yes, the baptism, but hold on, we'll, we'll get there. Okay, so they're in the upper room, and they're waiting for instructions, and then they get up to closer, and then they start walking upstairs. Do people understand what they're reading? Well, how can they unless someone guides them? And what better guide than you? Always be ready to share the wisdom of God to anyone as the Spirit leads you. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? This is the story of us. This is the story of what God is doing in his church and you and in me today. And for us today, I want to talk to you about specifically this message, the guide. Everybody say the guide. Come on online, and whenever we say, everybody say that, that's your cue to start typing, all right? So I want you to type in the guide. We're talking about the guide today. If you remember last time we were together, we talked about a man by the name of Philip. Philip had gone down to Samaria after the church was persecuted. He started to preach the gospel. As he preached the gospel, people started to get saved. People started to get healed. People started to get delivered and freed. And the apostles heard about what was happening. They came down and they realized that they'd received salvation, but they needed the gift. They needed the Holy Spirit. 
And so they prayed for them, and they laid hands on them, and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit fell upon them. That, that word fell, remember we talked about wrapping his arms around them and taking control in authority, in, in clarity, in, in giving gifts and power, in, in warning them and guiding them and telling them things to come. And we can see this continue on in the book of Acts. We're going to start in verse number 26 of chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verse number 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down to, from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Some of your translations might have said, At noonday he told him to go down. Now we can see that from this verse that there's something a little strange going on. You say, well, pastor, yeah, it is pretty strange. He heard an angel speak to him. But I don't think that's that strange. Why not? Because already in the book of Acts, we've encountered an angelic visit once already. The apostles were there, and an angel showed up to them in prison, opened the door and said, hey, you guys shouldn't be in here. You need to go out and preach this gospel to all. And so they go out into the temple courts and they start to preach the gospel. And the Bible tells us a lot about the angels. The angels are sent forth on behalf of those who are following the Lord, those who are born again, the sons and daughters of God, that God will send his angels to minister to us or on our behalf. And many times God will send a message through the voice of an angel to speak to people. You'll see it all throughout the Bible. So this is really not that Weird in the sense of this is the way God operates. The angels are waiting to hear the voice of the Lord, to go forth at his command, at his word, to minister on our behalf. They're very involved in the activities. In fact, I would imagine if our spiritual eyes were open, we'd be shocked at how many angels are around us right now. And even in your homes that there are angels sitting watching the live stream with you right now. That's not that weird. But can I tell you what's weird? Here's what's weird is that God told Philip, I want you to go down past Jerusalem to the road going down to Gaza in the middle of the day. This is a desert place. It's the heat of the day. I want you to go down there. You say, Pastor, why is that so weird? Because Philip was in the middle of a momentum church experience. Philip was preaching the gospel to hundreds, if not thousands of people. Philip had people getting saved. There were people getting water baptized. The spirits were coming out of them with shrieks. People were having miraculous healings. Things were popping. Things were happening. The, the apostles come down. I can imagine for this table waiter, he thought, oh, man, the apostles are coming. This is so cool. This is so wonderful. Man, I love those guys. And they come and they pray for him to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Philip's like, yeah, get it, you guys. This is what you needed. This is wonderful. And man, they're having a good time. They're setting up the church. There's work to do. There's a lot of people to lead. There's things going on. And God says, get out of that. And I want you to go to the desert in the middle of the day. Wow. You know, oftentimes God will give you unusual directions. And we can sit there and we can argue with God or we can do like Philip did. Look at the next verse. Verse number 27, it says, so he arose and went. He didn't hold a prayer meeting. He didn't fast for 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't call up Peter and say, hey, Peter, what do you think about this man? God's been telling me about going to the desert. Yeah, I didn't think that was God either. I'm not going to. No. So he arose and he went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. See, we would have thought, why, God, are you sending me to the middle of the desert? And all of a sudden, here's a man from Ethiopia, an African man, that has gone to Jerusalem to worship God. 
And here he is returning. We find out that he's a eunuch. That he's a man of great authority. Now, a a eunuch in in the Bible, if you read about it, you'll understand that a eunuch is somebody who may have been castrated in order to hold a position close to the queen or part of the king's harem, that sort of a thing, because the kings at that time did not want anybody messing with or touching their women. You understand? Okay, I'm trying to put this in ginger tender terms because I know there are some young ears listening, all right? Now, the eunuchs were either made that way by man. Jesus talks about this. He said they were either made that way by man Maybe they were born that way or, or something happened to them that would make them that way or they made a choice to become that way that they would choose willfully not to be involved in those romantic relationships and reproduce. You understand? Okay, I'm putting them in tender terms once again because I know there's little ears all around us. So this man, because of that choice or because of what happened to him or because of how he was born with that deformity or whatever it was or if he was made that way, Israel in the law, the Old Testament law, talked about that anybody who had a crushing, anybody who had a, a problem in that area, that they could not come into the assembly to worship. So this man had to worship from afar. He was not welcomed into the fold. Not only that, he wasn't a Jew. This guy was an outsider. And yet God saw his heart because this man didn't just go to Jerusalem and worship from afar. And then once he left church, he went home and he was just listening to iTunes on the way home. You know what I mean? He wasn't listening to the Spotify playlist and that kind of stuff. He had his Bible open and he was reading from the prophet Isaiah. Let's read what goes on in the story. It says in the next verse, says in verse number 29, Then the Spirit said to Philip, hold on, first he heard from an angel. Now the Spirit speaks to Philip. The Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Verse 30, so Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? Verse 31, and he said, How can I? Unless someone guides me. Remember, we're talking about the guide. Everybody say the guide once again. Come on, type it online, the guide. How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Verse 32, the place in the scripture where he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Verse 34, so the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? Now we know it was some other man named Jesus. That Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That Jesus, like a lamb before its shears was silent, did not revile. He did not speak against the religious leaders. He didn't, speak, he didn't even speak to Herod at all, right? He just sat there and stared that old fox down. He didn't say a word to him. That, that even, even Pilate, when he was questioning Jesus, Jesus didn't say a lot, but what he did say made Pilate tremble in his boots. And Pilate tried to get this man free, but he couldn't do it because Jesus laid down his life as the perfect, spotless, sinless Lamb of God for our sins. So he asked, who is this guy talking about? Is he talking about himself, Isaiah, or is he talking about someone else? And it was the perfect open door for Philip. Look at what the next verse says. It says, Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. Sometimes we make it so mystical. We make it so like ethereal that, you know, I can't attain to preaching the gospel to anybody. That's only for the paid pulpit platform preachers, right? That's only for the guys that have studied and have gone to seminary and all this kind of stuff. This was a table waiter. And all he did, the Bible says, was open his mouth. You know what the secret is? Is just being obedient to what God is leading you and guiding you to do. He opened his mouth and God filled it with the words he needed. And it says, and beginning at this scripture, preached what to him? Come on, say it out loud. Preach what to him? 
preached Jesus to him. You know, he could have done that in any scripture. He could have done that at Genesis 1-1, that he is the God who is before all things. He could have done it in Genesis chapter number 20. He's the ram caught in the thicket. He could have done it anywhere. He could have been the one that talked about David's sword that he went out, that Jesus is the word of God, that he is the sword that cuts through all the stuff in our lives and cuts to the heart. He could have preached any scripture from the Old Testament and preached about Jesus, but my goodness, he had a wide open door. Who's he talking about? He's talking about another man. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the one whose sandals were not worthy to carry the one who would baptize us with fire, the Lamb of God who went to the cross and died for us. And see, Philip is an evangelist, and he preaches Jesus to this man. His preaching is so sincere, and my goodness, this Ethiopian man just receives it. He's ready for it. Look at what happens. Verse 36, now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? See, he'd been hindered from coming and worshiping in the assembly before. His position had hindered him from being a part of the insiders. He was an outsider. But he says, hey, listen, if this gospel is true, then this gospel is for everybody. If Jesus died for all, then all can come in. If this gospel is what you're saying it is, Philip, then what hinders me now? Is it my past? Is it my old man? Is it my flesh? Is it the fact that I'm not a Jew, that I'm an African, I'm an outsider? What is it that hinders me? And Philip, look at what it says. In the next verse it says, then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Some of your translations don't have that. They believe it was added later by the church as a creed. But listen, I believe that that was the expression of this man's heart. He was seeking after God. He was worshiping. He took a, a trip and traveled to Jerusalem to get close to God. And he was seeking after God, studying the scriptures, going after God. And God saw that heart. I believe that was his belief. That was what he believed about God. And now he heard the message in its fullness, and he received it. Verse 38, so he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Man was brought into the fold. He was now a part of the kingdom of God. Wow. Now i got to stop right there because he didn't get saved because he was baptized. He was baptized because he was saved. You understand the difference? The, the act, the physical act of going under the water doesn't save you. Otherwise, every time you jumped in the pool, you'd be saved, right? It's the heart. It's the heart expression. He believed the message of Jesus Christ, and because of that, he walked in obedience to what God told him to do in being baptized. And so here he is, and Philip baptizes him. It was an outward expression of the inward reality of his salvation. Verse number 39, now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. So the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. That, again, guys, is a miracle. Sometimes we don't understand what happened. Let me, let me put it to you in simple terms. Here, Philip baptizes the eunuch. He brings the eunuch up out of the water, and boop, he's gone. He's, he's translated right out of there, right? You say, what is he translated into? Well, nothing else, right? He's still Philip. But Philip just shows up in verse number 40. Philip was found at Azotus and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. See, God had a purpose. God had a plan. God was guiding Philip. The, the, the angel came and he spoke to him, once you go down to the desert. So he went down to the desert. Then the spirit spoke to him, overtake the chariot. So he overtook the chariot. The door was wide open and Philip, you know, an evangelist is going to do what an evangelist is going to do. He preached the gospel to him. He baptized him. And the moment he baptized him, the spirit had another plan. He had something else. Listen, I got to get you from the desert back to Azotus because people need to hear this message, Philip. And you're an evangelist and you're going to preach the gospel. And so he went from here to here to here to Caesarea, and he was preaching the gospel. 
Now, the next time we see Philip is later on in the book of Acts. We're not going to see him for a while. And apparently he stopped at Caesarea because he got to Caesarea and there must have been some beautiful young thing that he laid his eyes on and he said, "Mm, mm, mm, that is the will of God for my life. Because the next time we meet up with Philip, he's got four daughters that prophesy. So apparently he got married, did what married people do, and they had four daughters. And now all of a sudden he's staying there and he's got a house and he welcomes the apostles in later on in life. So we'll catch up with Philip later. But for all of us today, what can we pull? What truths can we find in the story of us here in the book of Acts chapter number 8? First thing is this. I want to pull out this truth for all of us is that we have a guide. That we, as the people of God, we have a guide. Remember, we talked about the Holy Spirit falling on us, right? That he wraps his arms around us and he takes control. And guess what he says? He will guide you into all truth. We have a guide. Recently, you guys know that we took a vacation, went up to go and see our brother-in-law and uh, sister, my brother and sister-in-laws, but uh, really our brother and sister Luke and Stacy, and got to see the new baby, that sort of a thing. And on the way up, we decided we were going to stop in Redding. You know, it was a nine-hour drive from here to Redding, and so we decided we were going to just take a day and go up. And there were some things to do around there. I had researched it online and, you know, typed in what are some things to do, and they said go see this bridge, and, you know, there's the river, and you can do some hiking and stuff like that. And Lake Shasta's up there, beautiful lake. It's just an awesome place. And so uh, they had some caves that we were going to go and tour and go through. And as well, uh, the number one thing that they said to do up in this area was to rent a boat and just go hang out on the lake for the day. And so we decided, hey, that that sounds cool. And so I got online and I was going to rent a boat online and secure one for our family that day. And so I got online and tried to rent a boat. And it it just seemed like the devil was hindering me at every website, every step of the way. I could not secure a boat online for the life of me. And I was like, my goodness, you guys, are you working with dial-up or what is going on here? Because just no one's website up there was working. And so I was like, okay, whatever. And so I called one of the places. They said, just when you get up here, just come see us. You know, most of the time we have a boat available. It's no big deal. And there's a whole bunch of marinas that you can go to all over the place. You'll find a boat somewhere. I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'll put it on my thinking. So we drove up there, did the nine-hour drive and spent the night. And the next day we went out, did the cave tour. That was so much fun. Now the cave tour, because of COVID-19, there was no one leading us. We were okay with that because, you know, most of the time when you're walking around a cave, they wouldn't describe to you the mineral content of every rock that you pass by and how it was formed and all this and that. And they tell you all this stuff. And it's just like, just let us look at the rock. That one looks like bacon. Hey, there's a bat. It's really nice and cool in here. You know, you spend some time, you walk around, you go, this is awesome. You praise God for it and you move on with your life. That's kind of how our family does, all right? Your family might be different. That's the Roth family, okay? And so we, we went through the cave tour and we got back and so went to a marina, go get a boat, and they didn't have any boats. So we went to another marina and said, you guys got a boat? No, they didn't have any boats either. So we caught on that like, hey, you know, this area doesn't really have boats. And the other area that we would go to is probably about a half hour drive away. And before we drive there, we probably should call and see if they have any boats. So we called all these marinas. I mean, we called marina after marina after no one had any boats to rent. And I'm super frustrated. And one person on the phone told me, well, you should have secured one online. And I was like, I was trying to. Apparently, you have the same devil that the internet had because you are resisting me right now. I need a boat. But there was no boats. And so at the marina that we were at calling from, we went up to the, the guard post and we asked them, hey, what do we do? You know, there's no boats. What, what should we do? And they said, oh, well, here. And they hand us this magazine, you know, the magazine that tells you about everything in the area to do. And so we looked over the map and we saw something. And we saw that there was a natural water slide 
that would be fun, wouldn't it? Sliding down the rocks into the lake, into the water. That'd be really cool. And okay, we're over on this side. And we asked him about, you know, a young adult in the, in the booth. We should have known better. But uh, we asked him, hey, what do you think about this? And oh, I was doing that two weeks ago. It's so much fun. You guys should go do it. Okay. All right. So we go off. We get directions on, on our, you know, GPS and all that kind of stuff. And we get going down there. And we miss turns. We can't find the place. We don't know what we're doing. We finally find this little fire road side entrance place that we're supposed to go on. We get going for an hour. We're driving through the wilderness on the sides of mountains and cliffs. Jessica, my beautiful wife, is freaking out because every time we go on vacation, something happens to our car. And so she's freaking out, not about our lives or any of the peril or anything like that. She's going, I hope my car doesn't get hurt. And I'm going, honey, just calm down. It's fine. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a paved road, but at least it's graded. We're doing fine. We're not like off-roading or anything like that. It's just unpaved. We're, we're going to be fine. So we go through. There's a section of the forest that's been burnt. I'm having to move these charred logs out of the way for us to continue because, doggone it, we're going to find this water side. We're going to have some fun no matter what. I better see smiles on everyone's faces after this because there was no boats. We're doing this. And so we keep going and going and going and going. And finally, we come to this vista of the lake. It was the end of the road. And I got to tell you guys, it was beautiful, but it was not worth all the trouble that we went to to get to that vista. I mean, we took pictures, and it was like, okay, we're done. What do we do now? And we realized that where we needed to go from our GPS was down a hill, like 900 feet elevation gain, and it was like this, y'all. You know what I mean? Like, we there's no way I'm taking my 10-year-old, my 12-year-old, my 15-year-old down in flip-flops, right, down this side to go and try and see if maybe, just maybe we can find this beautiful rock slide that hopefully might be there. And so we said, no. Nah. And so we turned around and we drove back to the marina because we all had to go to the bathroom by this time. You know what I mean? Hours in the car. Everybody's got to go to the bathroom. We're all drinking water. And so it's time to go to the bathroom. And so we get back there. And I asked the girl, I said, we went down this road. She goes, yeah, that's the one. And so we got up to this vista point. Yeah, that's where you stop. I said, where do you go? Oh, well, it's a two-mile hike down, and you got to know where it is. Information I needed before we went on this great expedition. And so we ended up going and finding some Thai food and, you know, having a good night, going and seeing the bridge and the river and that sort of thing, went to bed and went on. Now, let me contrast that with the rest of our trip because, remember, we were going to see Luke and Stacy, and so we went up to Oregon, and we... Got to meet our little nephew for the first time. He's a wonderful little guy, happy little guy. But then we would go out each and every day, and we did the most amazing, the most wonderful things. We had the most fun. Oh, my goodness. We were doing something different every day. You say, well, how is that, Pastor? Did you research it better? No, I didn't know a thing about the place. Here's the difference is that we had a guide we didn't just have any guide. This guide knew his stuff. He knew the terrain. He knew the elevation. He knew the roads to get there. He knew where to turn. He knew what to do and where to do it at. He knew the gear that we would need at each place that we went. And he himself had all of the gear. Do you know his name? I think you guys might know his name. His name is Pastor Luke Cobray. Look at this guy. Look at what this guy is doing right here. Uh, okay, we had a guide. And guess what? We didn't have to pay him anything. He did it all for free. 
He took us around. This guy had all the gear. He had climbing gear for our kids. He had ropes. He had carabiners. He had helmets. He even had those little shoes that you see on Mission Impossible where he's hanging on to a little centimeter of a rock by his toe, you know, and all that. I mean, this is what he had us doing. He took us to the most amazing places. I, I said, I'd love to see a waterfall. He said, you want to see a waterfall? You are going to see a waterfall, all right? Let, let's see this waterfall, ladies, because this is a Hale Falls there in Oregon. Oh, my goodness. I would have not known that that was there. I wouldn't have known where to go. He drove us up, and we went through. It was beautiful. There was just this mist coming off. It was cool. It was wonderful. We're taking pictures. We're having a good time. We're hiking through. It was just gorgeous. Look at this water in slow motion right there. Oh, my goodness. It doesn't get any better than that, does it? Wow. He took us to these amazing spots. In fact, that wasn't the only waterfall we see. Another day, he took us to a different waterfall. Let's take a look at that one. You see that little group of people down at the bottom left-hand side of the picture? That's our family right there. That's all of us. He took us to see the eighth wonder of the world, the backside of water. Okay, we only have a couple Disney fans in this church service. Everybody else was like, oh, yeah, we get that joke. You have to look it up if you don't know it. He took us all over the place. I mean, this guy, he would break out something different every day. Uh, let, let's take a look at the next, the next one. I think we have another video. Uh, we took us to this lake called Clear Lake. This is a petrified log that was in the ground that just stayed there because the lake has been purified over probably 1,500 years, they estimate it takes for the water to get from one side of the lava down through the lava in there. And these, the, this lake, when it got dammed up by all the lava flow around it, that the water was purified and it stayed there. He took us not only that lake, he took us to another lake where there was reeds and lily pads on both sides of us. Look at this. I mean, is this gorgeous? You had to go through this pathway of lily pads all the way through, and it took you from one lake to another lake. And with the beautiful views of the mountains, Bachelor Mountain and the sisters are all up there. He would tell us every mountain. He would tell us every lake. He knew the names. He knew where to go. He knew what to do. Fourth of July, the guy breaks out fireworks. Let's take a look at the fireworks display that he put on for us. Look at this guy. He had a little camp stove out there. We're cooking s'mores. The kids are having a blast. There he is taking pictures. I mean, this guy is not. He was our guide. Everywhere we went, he had something to do. We didn't even scratch the surface of everything we couldn't do. We didn't go hiking with him. We didn't go mountain biking with him. We didn't go river rafting with him. He had all kinds of stuff. In fact, he did take us on one river. I think we got one last picture. He broke out tubes and a, and a, a river barge, and we floated down the Deschutes River there in Bend, Oregon. Oh, my goodness. Quite a difference. All because we had a guide. We had somebody leading us. We had so much more fun. We weren't frustrated. Why? Because we didn't have to be in control and we didn't have to do it ourselves. No, we just had to trust that Luke knew the place, knew where to go, knew what to do, and we had an amazing adventure. You know, your life can be the same way. You don't have to go it alone. You don't have to calculate it out and ask, well, who's he talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about someone else? When you have the Holy Spirit... When you have the guide leading you, teaching you, showing you things to come, directing your life, life is so much better. And you don't have to be frustrated in the grace of God. No, but now you can work with the grace of God just like Philip did. And you can see amazing and wonderful things take place in your life. Can anybody say amen? John chapter 16, verse number 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. Everybody say, he'll guide me. Come on, shout it out and make it personal. Type it in online. He will guide me. He will guide you in all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you 
things to come. He'll talk to you about what's coming up. He'll talk to you about the next step. He'll talk to you about life. But we have to take his direction, which brings us to the second thing that we see in the story of us about our guide. Not only do we have a guide, but we need to follow the guide. Second thing for today is follow the guide. Just simply do what God tells you to do. Let me ask you this question. If you're not following the guide, who are you following? Are you following your flesh? Are you following your friends? Following their social media posts? Oh, if they posted this, then I need to post. I need to get on there and do this soon. Otherwise, people will think, listen, who cares what people think? Is the guide telling you to do that? Are you following the news media? Are you following the politicians? The education system? Are you following your own thoughts? Well, I can calculate this, so I'm going to only do this. But if I can't calculate it, I won't do it. What if the guide tells you to do something that goes outside of what you can calculate? Go down to the road that leads to Gaza, south of Jerusalem, in the middle of the day? It's hot. There's no one there. There's a revival breaking out here. Why would I go there? See, whose voice are you following? One time I was in the car with my wonderful wife, Pastor Jessica. She's got like this internal natural direction. I don't know how she does it. She just knows go that way. She couldn't tell you north, south, east, and west to save her life, but she will tell you that way, all right? And so many times we'll just go, you know what I mean? Because she said it, so we'll do it. But I, I found out about this, this lady who loves to tell me where to go, and she's my girl. You guys know who she is? Her name is Siri. That's right. And Siri is my girl. I love that girl. Siri tells me how to get places. She tells me when I'm driving, especially when I don't have Pastor Jessica there to tell me that way. Man, Siri will tell me, in 500 feet, turn right. You know what I mean? And I love that. I'm like, yes, Siri, you my girl. But I had a problem one day because we were in Los Angeles, which I often call Los Angeles because every time we go there, we get lost. But Pastor Jessica had been to this particular part a lot. And so she kind of knew, all right, we're going this direction. We need to go this way, you know. But just in case, I'd put my girl Siri on. And so we're driving, and as we're driving, my girl says, in 500 feet, turn right. But my wife says, oh, no, you don't want to turn right. You want to go left. Now I had a problem. Because even though Siri's my girl, Jessica's my wife. And at the end of the evening, I'm not going to bed with Siri. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. So I'm driving, and Siri says, in 500 feet, turn right. Jessica's, no, 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 in 500 feet, don't turn right, turn left. Siri says, in 200 feet, turn right. Jessica's, no, you don't want to turn right, you want to turn left. Siri says, in 100 feet, turn right. Jessica's, don't you turn right, you need to turn left. And so you know what happened when we got up 100 feet? I just went straight, y'all. I just couldn't do it. I was like, I don't know who to listen to. You know what I mean? But you can't live life listening to two voices. You can't get more than one set of directions. You need to listen to the guide. Who is guiding you? Because if it's not Holy Spirit, then you're going to get the wrong directions. See, many people are being led by the wrong guide. They're guided by their feelings. They're guided by their own thoughts. They're guided by culture. They're guided by politics. They're guided by society. They're guided by education, by money. How about this one? Many people are guided by results. Well, if we see this happen, then we'll do this. But if we don't see it happen, then we won't do it. What if God called you to plow with no rain? No results. What if God called you to, to faithfully serve and to go and to move and do something even if you never saw the results? What if you're guided by urgency or by need? A lot of people, I need it, therefore I'm going to go after it. I, I feel it, therefore it's a felt need, therefore I'm going to go and get it. But what if God's never told you to go and get it? 
See, we need to follow the God. Rather than being led by all these things, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit who is our God. Let him fall on you and take control. Let him guide you. Follow the guide. John chapter 10, verse number 27, Jesus is speaking. And he says, my sheep, The question is, are you a sheep? Because if not, you might be a goat. And if you're not a goat, you might be a wolf. But Jesus said, my sheep do something. What do they do? They hear my voice. Look at what Jesus says about his sheep. He says, and I know them. Jesus knows who's in church. He knows the sheep. He knows the goats. And he will separate them at the end of it all. He knows the wheat and he knows the tares. He knows the sheep and the sheep and sheep and the wolves in sheep's clothing. He knows who they are. He has already identified that he sees past our outward expressions and he sees directly into the heart. So he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And look at this. And they follow me. If you want to find out if you're a sheep or a goat or a wolf, simply this are you hearing his voice? And are you following his direction? If not, then you're probably a goat, especially if you're going around butting everything. You know, just goats go around butting everything. But God, I can't do that. But God, I don't have the resource. But God, I don't have the wisdom. But God, I need more money. But God, what are they going to think? But God, what are we going to do if this happens? But God, they're telling us to do this. And, but God, you know, it's our county. It's our politics. It's our state. It's our city. But God, it's someone else's fault. But God, we've always done it this way. If you're going around butting everything, you're probably not a sheep. You're probably a goat. If you're looking to tear people apart, then you're definitely a wolf. And you need to run out of this place. Or repent. Lay down your arms and start listening to the voice of God and following his voice because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Get quiet. Get acquainted. Get with the word of God. Get into prayer. Get acquainted with the voice of the Holy Spirit because he's not going to shout at you. Oftentimes, he's not going to give you the entire picture. You see, we want to go to God and say, God, I need the blueprint. I need the plans. I need all of the the permits pulled already. God, I need everything. God, I need you to show me the lumber to buy. God, I need the electrical. God, I need the plumbing. God, I I need to see what the edifice and all of the elevations are. God, I got to see the roof tiles, Lord. I got to see what kind of plants you want me to landscape with. And God says, here's the plot of ground. That's all you get. Just go get it. Just go do that. You know, many times God doesn't give you the summit picture. He gives you the step picture. Remember, Philip had a step. Go down to the desert. An angel said, go down to the desert, middle of the day, on the road that leads down to Gaza. He had one step. Then what happened? He gets down there and he sees a chariot. God says, go over, take that chariot. He had another step. So he goes and overtakes the chariot. What happens? He hears him reading. He says, hey, Do you understand what you're reading? See, his gift took over at that moment. He was an evangelist. He knew that this guy was reading the Bible. And he said, do you understand? See, that's a loaded question. Because most of the time you're going to find people that say, I don't understand, you know. Well, if you don't understand, then what do you want to do about it? Can you come help me? Absolutely, I can come help you. Hey, what are you reading? He's reading about the suffering servant, reading about the lamb that was led before the slaughter. Who's he talking about? He takes another, he's talking about Jesus. See, he's taking another step. What if God would have said, hey, Philip, you're going to end up in Caesarea with four daughters that prophesy and a wife, and you're going to have a house, and Philip is right here in Samaria, and he goes, oh, look it, that's the way I need to go? No. God led him one step at a time this way, and what happened? Philip baptizes the man, and then He's over here at Azotus, and Azotus led to all these other places until he finally made it to the pinnacle, to the place where he was in the will of God. 
Many times God won't show you the whole picture. Why? Because we'll go that way rather than going over here where God has purpose and destiny and a plan. God is lining us up. God has God assignments. He's got divine appointments, divine destiny for you and I. But if we saw the summit, if we saw the place where we were going to end up, we would never go over here. And so God is saying, will you follow the guide, Psalm 119, 105? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's not a spotlight showing you. It's not, you know, those, those movie lights that go all the way up the stairs. It's just a little light right here. Here's the next step. Well, God, what do I do now that I'm here? Trust me. And here's the next step. And God, what do I do now that I'm here? Many times in the Bible, you'll find that God tells somebody to do something, and he won't give them new directions until they've accomplished the previous former directions. I love it because Abraham, when he's told to go out, there was a place called there that when Abraham got there, then the word of the Lord came to him. And it's no different with you, and it's no different than me. God will not give you any more until you've done what he's already asked you to do. Follow the guide. Last thing for us today that I can see in the life of Philip is this, is that we need to be a guide to others. See, anything that God gives you is not just for you. God wants us to share in every good thing with others. And just like we've received guidance for our own lives, God says, I want you to be a guide to others. I want you to lead others to Jesus. Just like you've been led, you can now lead. That's why the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. See, he was receiving that guidance, but he was giving guidance to others. See, Philip led others to Christ continually in his ministry. Why? Because he was led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit led him to lead others to Jesus. He led him in Samaria that way. He led him in the desert that way. He led, led him in Azotus and all the way up to Caesarea because God wants to lead you to lead others to himself. You know, I can still remember the first person that I ever had the privilege of sharing the gospel with one-on-one -on -one personally. We were in a, a small youth group, and there we had what we called D groups, and they would break off into five or six uh, young kids, you know, and I was a part of that leadership team. And so I sat down with my D group that day, and there was one kid that was new. And I remember as we're talking about the Bible, we're talking about the scriptures, he did not understand. He had no concept. He had no clue, had no point of reference. Everything was brand new to him. And I realized if this guy doesn't know anything about the scriptures, then does he have a personal relationship of Jesus Christ? And so I pulled him aside, brought him out into the hallway there, and I started to ask him questions, started to preach the gospel to him personally. And I remember I asked him, would you like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And he said, I would. And so we bowed our heads there in that hallway, and we prayed, and he received Jesus Christ. And over the years, God has just led me step by step to share my testimony, to share all over the world, to share in pulpits and platforms. And I've seen hundreds of people get saved over the years. But oftentimes, it's not the hundreds that I remember. It's the one person that comes to me after church services. Pastor, you shared something that touched my heart. And I just had something click on the inside of me, and I realized that I needed Jesus, and so I prayed with you. Pastor, I got saved under your ministry, and I appreciate all that God is doing in your life. Why? Because I was led, and I just simply followed. There's no magic. There's no mysticism to this. There's no, no holiness that I have that's greater than yours. We all have the same righteousness from God. We all have that same spirit of faith. We can all believe God, and we can all follow God to the best of our ability. This is where God led me, but where is God leading you? Maybe he's leading you to the break room table to sit down with your Bible and start opening it up.
with somebody there on the job. Maybe God is leading you across the street to talk to your neighbor. Maybe God is leading you to call up your family members that are all in fear and scared and are at home and they need to hear about the power of God. They need to hear about the healing of God. They need to hear about the salvation and the grace of God on their behalf. Maybe God is leading you to children. Maybe God is leading you to nations. Maybe God is leading you to a people group. Who knows where God is leading you? But as God gives you that next step, simply follow the guide and have that heart to help others. You know, Jesus said this to his disciples in John chapter number 15, verse 26 and verse 27. He starts talking about the Holy Spirit once again. He says, but when the helper comes, the Holy Spirit's here to help. He said, Pastor, I can't share the gospel. I never went to Bible college. I don't know all the scriptures. I haven't memorized it. Listen, you don't need that. You just need the guide to help you. You will make it. When the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Verse 27, and you also will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. You know, Jesus told his disciples, don't premeditate what you're going to say. Okay, if I'm going to say this, and then if I say this, then they'll say that. Then I'll say this back. But if they don't say that, if they say this, and your mind has like that map, yes, no, maybe so, right? And you've got all these different scenarios. Jesus said, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will speak for you on your behalf. When the time is right, just open your mouth. and God will fill it with his word. You can lead others because you yourself are being led. What did we learn today? We learned that in this story of us about the guide that we have a guide. We need to follow the guide so that we can be a guide to others. Can we pray together today? Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes online? Hey, don't tune out. Don't check out right now. This is not the time. Would you just take a moment with us and let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful for your word. We're thankful for your Holy Spirit who you've given to us And he is our guide. In this moment of prayer, would you just pray this prayer and ask God, where are you guiding me? I believe that God Drop something in your heart right now. Maybe it was a word. Could have been a phrase. Could have been a scripture reference. Maybe God reminded you of something he told you in times past that you left undone. He's bringing you back to that place. So you want the next step. Take the first step. Where is God guiding you? If you heard something from the Holy Spirit, would you write it down? I know if I don't write stuff down, I'll forget it. So just commit it to a note. Maybe you want to put it on your cell phone, your tablet. If you've got a piece of paper and a pen, maybe you want to write it in the leaf of your Bible. Where's God guiding you? What's the next step? Just write it down. Write down that scripture. Write down that phrase, that word, or that reminder of something you left undone. If you're comfortable sharing that with someone around you, maybe it's a faith-filled friend, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a child, maybe they're in your home and you just want to take a moment and go around and just say, hey, God spoke this to me. 
If you're online and you see the comments section there and you feel comfortable, maybe you're going to put that scripture reference, maybe you're going to put that word faith, trust, obedience, whatever it is. If you're comfortable, you're welcome to type that into the comment section right now. Share that. You know, the sharing of your faith will refresh others as well as yourself. Also, there's accountability. When you speak it, when you show someone else, now there's accountability. Because they are going to come and ask you, hey, whatever happened with that? Didn't God say this to you? Let's commit those things God's spoken to us back to him. Father, we thank you, Lord. You've spoken to our hearts and given us the guidance. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for where you're leading us. We will follow. Holy Spirit, would you help us? You are the helper. So would you give us the grace, the resource, the strength, the wisdom that we need to do what it is you've called us to do. And in that, God, you'll get the glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.